right, back again with another episode, episode three of the Avant Garde podcast. We're your hosts, Jose and my brother John. What's good? What's good? Uh, hope everyone's been staying safe. Um, I know we're going through troubling times right now. People are struggling. Hope y'all are staying strong. Uh, wish y'all good health. Um, and for the warriors out there, you know, keep fighting the fight and keep putting the pressure. So today, uh, for our episode, uh, we have a special guest, uh, one of our homies. He is a 10th Planet Jiu-Jitsu white belt, rapper slash producer, hey. street fighter player, and Yerba Mate, what are you, uh, what are you? Matero. 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 Matero is the, yep. uh, the correct term. Yep. But, um, yeah. Yeah. It's his, uh. One of our longtime homies, man. He's a brother. I consider him a brother. Show uh, Kirby, aka Vo. So welcome to the show. Yeah, welcome hey, to the show, brother. Appreciate you guys for show. having me. Hey. Appreciate you guys for having me. Okay. You know, actually live at the house within the house, right? I mean, yeah. you're in the fucking, you're in the, you know, not too many people get the opportunity to be in here. Yeah. So appreciate you guys having me. Appreciate, you. yeah. Appreciate your hospitality, man. Thank appreciate you, yeah, thank show, you. man. Yeah. All right, so Kirby, go ahead and give us a brief intro. Uh, just give the listeners, you know, uh, yeah, your background. Um, my name is Bo, basically. I go by Bo. That is who I am. It's more of a character that I like to uh, portray at times, but if I'm not that person, I guess, or that entity, I'm definitely Kirby, and most people don't understand me for who I am by, by those, uh, you know, just by that name or... Some people call me Curb, or, you know, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that, but those are the two aliases I've been kind of like, you know, one of them is obviously biological on paper, <clears throat> and then the other one is, you know, uh, kind of like a name that I kind of came up with, and if you guys are wondering where Vo came from, it came from, um, I used to call myself Revolu. Yeah, that's the, the old school yeah, days. Like, you know, and then Revolu... It was cool. It was different. Like, I had some, uh, I spelt it different. Those are the days where, like, everyone was capitalizing, lowercasing, like, their instant messages and their, like, IMs. You know how we would get on AIM you know, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. just, like, people just, that's just how they had it. Yeah. Like, with, style, the, with, the, with the style, the X's before and after the, the names. But, yeah, that's that's how I kept it. And I, I just felt like Revolu, it came from the word, obviously, revolution. But that's just not really like who I am or I was about. I don't want people to get that wrong idea, so I settled for having just you know a simple. But it just kind of like applied to me. I like that man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the periods before and after, kind of remind me of like how you need like silence like to create music, like you know how without silence there is no music like within the note. There's the reason why I don't want to get too far into like what what is a full note or a half note. That's not my point. Mm-hmm. But for it to be those things, they have to have silence, either before them, after them, in between them. So the periods, you know, before and after my name are just pretty much like the silence. Like Bo is the center. You know what I'm saying? That's so, pretty deep, man. Yeah. Dope, dope, That's dope. Let's actually take it back to the high school days, bro, because yeah. I remember you as Poetic Soldier. That um, is true. Fuck, dude. I don't know that. Uh, so, we're talking about it, bro, and we're saying that, I remember, he, he mentioned that he first seen you in the locker room in PE, freestyling. And yeah. also remember 
that's how I knew about you too, man. I was in the same PE class too, and yeah, that's how I knew you. It was sick seeing you having that, being able to do that. That was pretty impressive, bro. Yeah. So yeah, I, mean, I think it's crazy how we it was all interconnected, you know, somehow. Let's talk about your musical influences or just early influences that you know um, fed into making the vote. <clears throat> I mean, if I think that far back into what led me to start making music, it definitely started with Miles, you know, Mile 9. Shout out to Mile 9. Shout out to Mile 9. You know, he's somewhere out there in the city, you know, somewhere in the Bay Area doing his thing, you know. Um, so, yeah, like, he would come through and he would, like, pretty much hang out. And then also he would tell me, in the summer that he just had before the school year started, mm-hmm. he would freestyle with his cousin. Oh, shit. So I was like, okay, let's hear it. So I put on some beats, like, some, I don't know, I think probably like YouTube or SoundCloud or like that other shit back then. Mm-hmm. Like SoundClick or something, what it was called. <laughs> but so they would like, um, I would just put it on the beat and then we would freestyle. And then I told them, like, why don't we just write something? And then I wrote. And then it was, it's crazy because at the time I was listening to a lot of gangster rap. Mm. Bone Thugs and Harmony. Hey. Buddha already got a little uh, ahead of me when he said that. Like, I was my big, one of my biggest influences for sure when I first started, like, listening to rap. Shout it out, was, like, man. Yeah. Bone Thugs and Harmony for sure. They're still trying to do something right now. Hey. Those, those guys are some old men mm-hmm. still trying to do some stuff right now. Didn't like, you see what, you saw one of them. You ran across one of them in the city, right? Crazy Bone. That is correct. What? That is correct. I did ran into him in, uh, at Relief on 9th and Mission. Yeah, dude, he was over there, like, taking pictures, like, with people handing out, like, his little banners or his little, like, postcards or whatever. It's so sick. Um, I was hella nervous. I was over there. I was trying to say peace, but I did, like, this little gun sign. It was... <laughs> what the fuck is this, dude? What the fuck is that? You know? Yeah, yeah. But, hey, it was crazy. I didn't think I would meet, like, one of my, you know, like, biggest influences at the time. Because at the time, I was really trying to rap fast. I was mm-hmm. really trying to, like... I didn't know how to maintain my breath control and my, my pace, my cadence, I guess. I don't know. Like, something like that. And so those were, like, the beginning days, for sure, when I started, like, like writing and rapping. Um, definitely other artists was that uh, definitely started the thing was, like, Easy e You know, he was part of the whole Bone Thugs thing. Um, after I kind of got through that phase, because obviously Gangster Rap, you know how the West Coast sounds is you know we can go on for hours about what the west coast sounds it sounds like it evolves man it does yeah. it does but before i did that i definitely went over to the east coast and found this started finding mm. out about artists first artists that or artist groups that come to mind is a tribe called quest hey. you know my one of my biggest biggest like you know influences like or people that i idolized definitely back in the time was q-tip the way he raps the way he flows the way his mm. water just it, it's just water when it just like when he gets on any song it could be like Fast, slow, it doesn't matter. So Q-Tip is definitely up there along with her Tribe Called Quest, you know? Uh, I just love their vibes, dude, just the way that they... Positivity, they, bro. Dude, all the yeah. time, just like how their the music just is just like groovy. That feel good music, yeah. Definitely yeah. the whole entire time, you know? Like electric, relaxation, like come on, like... It's yeah. like mm-hmm. elevator music, but you can like vibe to it. Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So there's that, there's... I mean, you have artists like fucking Gangstar. Yeah, artists yeah, groups yeah. like Gangstar. Yeah. 
and then Guru, I mean, DJ Premier definitely, like, set the tone in terms of, like, beats. Like, he had that New York sound, you know what I'm saying? That boom bip. And, like, Guru would just come with the nice, like, fucking, like, that sweat, man, that, that nice, like, you know, they weren't even from fucking New York. You know what I'm saying? They were from, like, Baltimore or some shit like that. Oh, yeah, that's right, man. Yeah, they yeah. left their city to go to New York because they knew they can blew up or something mm-hmm. like that in, in, in much better in New York because that's, that's where the music was at. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. But definitely their sound. Found out about Mob Deep. Nas was huge when I found out about Nas. Nas I used to think yeah. he was just like the... Uh, uh, remember that song One Mike? Yeah. Oh. I used to think that that was him. That's it. <laughs> That's that like there's nothing there's nothing more, nothing less. Um and no, I was totally wrong. I started finding about when I found out about it was written, Illmatic. Oh, Illmatic, dude. man. That's my favorite album. Dude, I have that on record, I have that on vinyl. So it's like it's like That's definitely what cemented like just my flow eventually. Like I was I was releasing like you know, like mixtapes, albums, whatever you want to call it back then. Things like Art for Revolution. That's one of my first tapes that I made. I put that in like a piece of paper. <laughs> like I folded up a piece of paper. And then I handed out like burnt CDs. Those were like the burnt CD days. Remember when you would like, if someone had a burnt CD, you would ask them to make you a mix. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Those are high school days, bro. Like I remember. Yeah, you were on the grind out there handing out the CD. I remember. I, yeah. I it was so simple. Like I put it on put it on Microsoft Word. Like literally just a like, cover, uh, the track list, shouts out. There's like a fucking shout out like little section, and that was it. Like I I folded it up and then just put tape on it and just handed it to people. You know what I'm saying? That's dope. That was one of my first things that I done. It every eventually it progressed though. Mm-hmm. But those yeah man I think. Ever since then, I just started expanding, like, in terms of, like, what I like listening to, too. Like, I didn't, I was so fixated, like, hip-hop, hip-hop, hip-hop. Hip-hop is amazing. Hip-hop is, like, a fucking culture, so you can, you can go on and on about, like, b-boying and all that stuff, like, um, Mm -hmm. like, that's, I feel like if I didn't find out about hip-hop, I wouldn't have definitely been more open to what I'm listening to right now. I listen to whatever I feel. So if it doesn't sound good, all right, we'll move on to the next. But if it wasn't for hip hop, I definitely wouldn't, um, like, you know, figured out this type of personality that I can f- finally be like open, definitely to, not just uh, my music, but definitely just my regular life. You know, so it, that, that's pretty much the best answer I can give you. I don't know. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what kind of music are you listening to nowadays? Like, what kind of new, kind of new stuff? I guess, like, without checking my Spotify, like, liked songs, playlists, uh, I'd say a lot of, like, Goldlink. Okay. Yeah, you know, that, uh... Shout out Goldlink. Yeah. You know, that Goldlink sound. Just that kind of, like, house drums, a little bit faster pace, okay. but it's still hip-hop because, he, cause, you know, like, he raps and stuff, and he sings a little bit. Songs that kind of have, like, like, trap, like, uh, drums... 808s and they're they're kind of like uh, not sometimes mumble rap is cool because sometimes you don't have to understand like what they're saying if the vibe is there that's all I needed to do and then I feel good about it so it's it's whatever kind of like strikes the uh, the eardrum really for me mm. but to not be so generalized about it I'd say 
sometimes the mumble rap is cool. Like I have like this thing on uh, Spotify where I just like put like Discover Weekly and it just tells me whatever I like usually listening to and it just gives me new shit all the time. But the best way I find my songs is like if I like a song, I literally just play the radio station of that song. I'll just find just some and it shit. gives you the similar it's crazy yeah. the algorithms man nowadays yeah, yeah and it's so pretty good. accurate but it's a good thing too because you do discover a lot of gems yeah that's that's that pretty way. much how I'm always yeah. on the hunt for finding new music that's always for me and I, that's why I'm always trying to find out what you guys are listening to because it tells me which, how you guys feel that's pretty much that's how a I good, that's a good uh, yeah that's a good little indicator too I mean just to ask ask around like what are you listening to what are you listening to yeah yeah um, that's true that's true that's cool. Uh, I always knew you had pretty like a pretty eclectic taste when it came to music because you'll put me on to some pretty good artists like uh, Poolside and like uh, Teed. You know, totally extinct. Totally extinct. Fucking enormous dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yeah, man. So just yeah. uh, talk to us about that, man. Like yeah. you always listen to like I mean for sure like you came from backpacking hip hop. But yeah, talk to us about like just listening to different stuff and like maybe getting influenced by that. So, when it comes to other, like, sounds, like, other than hip-hop, I remember when Chill Wave kind of came into, like, you know, this, like, the, like, just, like, to my attention, I never even knew about what the fuck it was, especially artists like Toro Limois and uh, Neon Indian and, like, a few, a few good artists that kind of had, like, this lo-fi is what they call it, lo-fi, glo-fi sound, mm-hmm. things that sound kind of, like, distorted and, like, not perfect I always kind of like that shit because it sounds like it's coming out of like an old like a uh, Casio radio mm. or maybe even an old like bucket like maybe you have like a bucket that's a car like has wax speakers you know what I'm saying so yeah, it has yeah. like that it doesn't have that modern day sound true, that everyone true. has where it's like fucking damn I hear the 808s I hear the I hear the uh, the keys I hear the you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. the sense so that's definitely what kind of like what I started like listening to you, I was like, damn, I, I like that, uh, definitely that reverby sound, mm-hmm. where it sounds like it's also in a, ch- a chapel, or, yeah. or like, um, like a hall, so I was looking for more sounds like that, especially when they, especially when someone took, like, a, a voice, and then made it, like, more high-pitched, like a, like a female, anything that kind of sounded like that, I was more drawn to, and it just kind of just made me feel good, I, I, it's kind of hard to explain, like, what, what it is or why it is, you know you I would listen to those but I feel like you, some people are so fixated on like I just listen to to bay rap it's definitely yeah. on a different frequency bro like you know what I mean hot chip listening to hot chip and just like, it's hella different you know, it's different but uh, I like you know a lot of the tracks that you put me on so right off of that yeah, no problem. Um, what you got well uh, I was gonna ask you um, process of Creating a song, how is that for you? Oh man, when it comes to writing, writing a song, creating a song, sometimes I just like to live the moment and then understand what that moment is, and then I, that's what I put on paper. So however, however I do that, sometimes it doesn't even matter. I mean, that's very fucked up to say as a lyricist, but it's not about how you what you say. Sometimes it's how you say it. Mm. So. Especially when you get on a song, you can say the most fireous things, like the most the bars that is just gonna be, make people think. But if you don't know how to say it, it just True. doesn't catch anyone. Yeah, that energy, man. 
So if def- I'm definitely thinking for myself and just like when a beat would be on, I would imagine how the uh, tones would be uh, on my voice and how would I melodically or harmonically like decipher or, you know, attack those bars. So once I find that rhythm, I replace those, th- that harmony that I've like basically created in my mind with lyrics. And that's, and it'll stay like that as long as like I um, stay in that like mindset. It's like a path that I'm pretty much like mentally like creating. So it's, it's like, it's like an artist would um, take a canvas, right? And they would like use either paint or however you like to, you know, create your art. That's how I look at it. It's, it's basically the beat needs to be like painted somehow. It's like a canvas. Mm-hmm. So in order for you to do that, you need to have like basically a plan. And my plan is to basically replace the, this, you know, this instrument like buzzing, not buzzing, but like, you know, that I hear right, in right. my head, this something that's coming to me, but I can't explain that just by humming. I mean, you can, but how do you do that in a better way where you can, obviously you can put words in them, um, have meaning behind them and then use it in like rhyme and shit. That's pretty much how, like what goes through my head when I'm writing like a song and it changes. Like sometimes when you're by yourself, you know, you, you fall into, uh, into, um, like, it's like quicksand. You just fall like straight mm-hmm. into like this hole where you're going. You, you can get lost, I think. Yeah. Writing a song. We've all done it. You guys, you know, shouts out to you guys. I mean, you guys are artists as well. Like, you know, we have to acknowledge that as well. So you guys know what I mean. You've written before. But um, it changes. The atmosphere changes. The pace changes, especially when you collaborate with people. It's, it can be really fucking fun. When you're with hella people, you you experienced that you were on the super track, I think you were like with <laughs> six people, right? Yeah. Shouts yeah, out to true. the Juvie right here. Nah, making, nah, that making, just, that was nah dude, come thing, on, you've made music before. Don't lie, man. Don't lie. You know, so that's what I mean. Like it, it, um, the pace and the vibe will change. That's def- and you can have a lot more fun. I like to have so much fun when I'm on collab, on a collab, because it's your time to shine. Mm-hmm. Why not help your team? Like, like you know, shine. So you can be the better version of yourself at all times. True, you know, that's, that's I like living man. by that shit. You know what I'm saying? Like being the best, like, you know, you know, John, because that's who you are. You just, that, that's your fucking mentality. Be the best person you could ever be. Like be the best juvie you can ever be. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. and that's, that's pretty much what I bring to my, you know, to my raps, to my flows. That's dope, man. Yeah. Appreciate that. Um, so talk to us a little about, a little bit about, um, just being a self-taught engineer, like audio engineer, uh, you, you know, mix and mixed a lot of mixtapes and uh, albums. But just talk about, talk a little bit about that, because you've been doing it for like yeah, ten years, mm-hmm. and that's that's a black belt in in that in that aspect. So that's how I look at you, man. True, man. Uh, True. Definitely put in the work, but yeah. It's a man, like just doing like so many things with so many different people. It, uh, it trips me out sometimes. You know, you can get really, like... You can start, like, getting lost into the fact that it's gotten to you to where you are at, obviously. Like, I'm never going to be the same guy without all, that ex- without all that experience, for sure. It's definitely taught a lot about how I can act when I attack, like, a song and also how I handle 
like situations with people and how I handle the music, the booth, and everything. Everything is like a snap, snap, snap situation mm-hmm. because I I've been there. I've been you know. There's gonna be times where you're stuck. Yeah. But there's no there's always an answer behind like all that. You know what I'm saying? So it's just all that experience, just to be more like precise with it. Man, because I can talk about every person that I dealt with, but we can be here for hours for that. <laughs> so I'm not gonna do that. It's taught me a lot about my patience, because even your artists that you're working with can lose patience, and you need to be able to like boost them up or just calm them down. It happens, you know, especially when you're in that booth by yourself. It it, it like it gets you in that mindset where um, you think you can't solve something, but now it's just you being hella frustrated at yourself. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you fall into those things. Um, so. Some people might say like there's like writer's block. I can't, I can't, uh, I can't write to this to this song. I've always felt like you don't have to create that if you don't want to believe in that. Like that's that's you creating like this uh, this mental block, you know. So I try to develop my, um, my my musical like writing aspect or just how I handle my songs um, by basically turning it off and turning it on like a switch. If I felt like writing, I'm just going to turn it on. Mm. I'm not going to say it was always good, but I'm going to have control because I felt like I had control. As opposed to just being like, uh, nah, I mean, I don't feel like writing right now. You know, so at least if you gave it a shot, you saw like some sort of thing you can leave behind. You know what I'm saying? Like you can record something and then leave something in behind and like and then grow from it. You can like understand like, Oh shit! I shouldn't be doing that next time. I shouldn't be doing this next time. I was too high. I was too low. I was too fast. True, I was too, I true. was too like subtle. I was too dead. Like every single time I tried, I got better. Anything that you do, humanly po- like you know, possible, like as long as you do it, if you keep doing it, you're gonna get better. Mm-hmm. Like you know, and I just kept chasing that. And like I think Buddha was one of the first people to say that I have like a very addictive personality. Once I get into something. Like, I really get into it. So that's what happened with this music thing. It was after every song, after every uh, tape, after every person that I recorded, edited, mixed. Like, whether I knew what I was doing or whether I didn't, I never gave up. I just kept, like, just doing mm-hmm. it. Sometimes I didn't. I'm not going to lie. There was times where I was hella lazy and I didn't bounce songs for people or I didn't mix songs for people. There's probably a lot of songs in that hard drive right now that I still haven't got to, you know? So, I, you know, I feel bad. Anyone who's listening to this damn podcast, <laughs> I apologize. Both can be lazy, too. You know what I'm saying? Ooh, man. Like, man. you know, it happens. We're all fucking human, you know? Yeah. So people got grudges on me. I'm sure there's people out there. No, I'm serious. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, some people don't work with me because of that. It's all good. It's all right, man. Because, you know, sometimes life can be busy. We yeah. We understand yeah. that, you know, we can't always do... We know, man. I mean, yeah. he, he edits videos. I edit the audio, so we know how it can get with you know the whole process and everything it's yeah. pretty time consuming yeah time consuming you can get backed up if something yeah. happens in life yeah exactly I'm backed up a day you know? yeah so. that's pretty much what happens too man like you know I think I want I want to bounce off what you guys are saying when throughout that time that I've been making music I've been making music since I was like since I was like 14 15 mm-hmm. 2005 you know April to be exact um, I've been keeping track, but it's just a number, you know, like I just look at it as like the years is just going to show me how many years I've been going at it, but, you know, like experience wise, but it, it definitely, 
when it comes to developing whatever I was developing, I always told myself that even though I had phases where I would do hella beats, do hella, and I make beats sometimes as well. I don't know if people knew that. Some people might be listening to this and be like, oh, no, Bo's just an artist. I make beats too, motherfucker. Rapper slash producer, bro. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I do other things, you know? Get to know a motherfucker. Anyways, so, like, even though I had phases where I would be even, like, more producing or I would write more songs, collaborate, whatever the phase I was doing, I think it was more about just staying consistent and staying active. Because if you, you can fall into a state where, I mean, sometimes I'm feeling that right now, but you can fall into a state where you're not doing anything at all. That applies to anything in your life. Mm-hmm. So it's really who stays consistent that really makes it at the end, especially when you're doing like most of the work. And I fucking love doing all that work, though. Like metadata, making sure everyone everyone's shit is like organized and set and like, you know, like put up to up to date everything ha- it like just looks you know looks good mm-hmm. like that's pretty much what I what I love to um, it's nice to be able to see it you know like you're actually one on the uh, on the stream mm-hmm. with everyone else that is also on the stream I'm on everyone's phone basically it's you can sick, listen to yeah. me I'm live bro mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying international you showed me the yeah that's pretty the dope maps. man yeah. yeah dude the numbers don't lie mm-hmm So, uh, yeah, we, we just want to talk about some of your albums, bro. Um, from your very first one to, you know, what it is now. Your very recent one. Man, um, so if I can remember, the first thing that I ever dropped, uh, we talked about it earlier, was Art for Evolution. That was, a lot of the beats were produced, like for me, you know, shouts out to T-Venom. You know, yeah, he yeah, definitely yeah. produced a couple. You know, that's like the, the years where I just met this guy. You know, he was like a guy that also went to the same school that we went to, you know, Westmore High. And um, pretty much that's every single track on that. I wouldn't agree sounded like I can't be the judge of my own craft. Wasn't the best quality for sure. Mm-hmm. But like every single song was definitely like uh meaningful for me because that's what I was going through in those Westmore days, you know, chilling with all you guys and then like um, definitely just trying to develop this style that I had. So from that, it led to um, the evolution of like, I don't know if you guys knew about it. It was, I was trying to make uh, a, basically an album or like a mixtape basically because you can't really call it an album. The beats weren't made by anyone that was, I was beat jacking basically. They call it beat jacks, whatever it was called. I forgot. I don't know. Um, so I was jacking like D- DJ um, Premier. He had like a instrumental volume one and volume two. Mm. And I told, I challenged myself. I was like, I'm gonna make a song after every single beat that was on that volume. Like he had like 15 beats, 20 beats. I don't know. Like he just had hella like beats that he like made, but they're but they were lined up. Volume one, volume two. I couldn't do them all, but I tried and. That was called MIA. So I didn't really like, I wasn't really loud about that. I did put all this stuff is like on Bandcamp. So if mm-hmm. you want to like, you know, check it out, just find me on Bandcamp and then you'll have all that shit there. Sure. So I did that. And then what else did I do? That, those were the days where I did a lot of stuff with people, like collaborating and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to that point, I needed to 
I don't know, I found, like, a different identity. I feel like it went to, like, you know, Revolu, and then it became Bo. Once I, once I found out about it, I was messing with, like, Pro Tools for, like, a couple years. Okay. You know what I'm saying? On the inbox, too. And that's what, what was my, basically my digital audio workstation, my, my DAW. That's what I, that was what I was fucking with. I just couldn't, I didn't have the patience and the computer and technology to run that shit, because that shit's, like, it needs a lot of shit to, to run. Yeah. So... It got to a point where I found out about Logic, and then Logic definitely changed the game. Because Logic got to a point where it was more user-friendly, and it just, to me, I thought it looked better. You know what I'm saying? And then I loved Logic, the program, so much that I made an EP. Mm. You know, some good, like, songs are on there. Like, it was like a five, six, I forgot, like, you know, track EP. And then one song that's definitely peaked on Spotify is the Great Depression? That's on that out, you know, that on that EP, you know, fucking worldwide, man. It's that's insane. Sick, like it's it's crazy how this music thing happens. You'll just sleep, and people are like slapping your shit from a different city or a different country, whatever. It shows you reached something in there, man. That's yeah, hard. I'm pretty yeah. proud about that. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud about pretty that. Pretty dope. So there's that, and I mean, I remember when I was doing that sound. It was so different from. Some might say, like, the M.I.A. sound is more like this aggressive, um, like, gutter sound. I don't know, like, you know, like, it's a vote or a revolu, like, a, a person that I would try to attack on the... Is, if you differentiate, like, the, the way I attacked the mic, it was never the same. Like, Arf Revolution was, like, this, like, subtle, very, like, not as confident, I would say, when I would get on the microphone. I would be kind of like you know uh light mm. didn't know how to like speak up for my words even right now for this podcast i'm like vocally you know saying what i'm trying to say right so i feel like if you don't know how to use that just getting up on the microphone was like a challenge mm-hmm. like because it, it's different bro you you can talk right now and then when you get in front of a, a microphone you just realize oh shit like there's there's a there's actually like something recording me right now and i have the headphones on i'm like i feel like i'm in this like spacesuit this weird like bubble i don't know how to describe it but you're in this like state of mind where it's like okay whatever i say is gonna be played back yeah. why, don't, why don't you fucking do your best at that very moment uh, at all times but yeah, i want to yeah. go on a tangent um i got better i think personally i just got better at using my voice throughout those tapes throughout those albums so from logic what else happened I just got into like you know Street Fighter Three. Yeah, talk about well, that. Well, let's man. take it to yeah. uh, just to name a few. I have here Average Days, Second Impact, and Third Strike. So what comes to mind when you when you think about those like the creation of those and just making them and what what you were into at the time? Average Days, Second Impact, and what was the last one? Uh, third, the Third Strike, the third one. So thinking of those three things, what uh what comes to mind? Let's see. The average days, I, I feel like the first thing that comes to mind when, when I think of those two words, average days, stuck in the haze for days, <laughs> such <laughs> like that. Because you would be always making fun of my rhymes all the time, saying, average days, stuck in the haze for days. <laughs> stuck in the maze, stuck in the haze. <laughs> stuck in the haze for days. Yeah, so, like, that's the first thing that comes yeah. to mind. Second impact, damn, that was, like, the biggest, like, um, like the longest, I'd say, tape that I've ever done. It was, like, definitely a mixtape part of a trilogy that I was trying to create because I was so into uh, Street Fighter 3. 
Mm. You know, this kind of jumps on both subjects. But before I go into Third Strike, Second Impact was like this thing where I knew what I wanted to say. I knew how to I knew how to say it, whether I was gonna uh, rap it, say it like as I was just talking shit, or um, like sing it. I, I wasn't afraid. I was like, I'm gonna I'm gonna just do every song the way that I feel, whether it was the beat that was made for me or not. I, I bought a couple beats I think on that. I think maybe no maybe not. But I definitely, um, every single song that I did there was, it's not necessarily my beats, mm-hmm. but I definitely found the sound that I wanted to go for. And then I put that on a, on an album. That was like a 29 track, like, you know, mixtape. You know what I'm saying? So that shit came out to, I think, like 2012. And then when I did, like, Third Strike, I mean, Third Strike was just this game that, like, um, it wasn't just this game. It was definitely something that kind of changed my way of like, just how you can like go about a fighting game. It was never just something like, oh, just hop in, oh, I lost, walk away. I've definitely done that to a lot of games. <laughs> Some games don't really like strike me that much. But this game was so fucking like, how do I say it? Precise, it was like chess, mm. you know what I'm saying? There, there, was, a, there was a way to to beat the opponent and that opponent was also fucking like you know if they played threes for the most part unless they don't play like that if they played threes they knew what they were doing you get what i'm saying mm-hmm. it was technical and i and i liked that aspect because i was like you know what if i wanted to learn something and it wouldn't be something that i didn't enjoy just because like it looked good like i don't want to bag on the new street fighters but mm-hmm. i can't play five and, and ae because i just it looks good but I just, I don't really, it doesn't, I don't really feel like the, the pace, pace, the, the pace gameplay. The tempo, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't, yeah. I don't. So those are the things that kind of come to mind. Third yep. Strike, you know. Y'all remember the Daigo video? Hell yeah. Yeah, the evil moment, fucking, uh, one of the biggest, 36 or some shit. But. Yeah, one of the biggest comebacks in gaming history. That's, not even that's, that's, yeah, that's what made me want to play Third Strike. Yeah, I mean, you got me, you got me into playing. Third strike, bro. Cause like you came, you came with that uh, that Urian, you know, <laughs> with this thing about telling me how there's like unblockables and how like there's no way for the opponent to block this. They have to pretty much take it. Shit like that. I was like, what? I think what drew me to it was yeah. one mechanic, and it was the yeah. parry. Parrying the parry is it. what changed the game. Nothing is mm-hmm. safe with the parry. So I don't know. Like he said, it's like chess. You know. Um, even like jujitsu too, man. Like I, I was using concepts from Third Strike, and I was bringing it into jujitsu while I was training jujitsu, like Yomi, right? You, you remember, you remember Yomi, right? I remember you explaining that to me, but uh, you can give me a little refresher. It's basically the reading your opponent. Ba- yeah, basically uh, being able to read your opponent yeah. either by like conditioning them to like block a certain way or like to react a certain way so there's different levels of yomi like you know that they're going to counter this so you have to know that counter to their counter that they're going to counter you with but yeah there's that's just like advanced uh rock paper scissors yeah i mean rock paper scissors i mean not even i mean that's just in in a simple way i think eddie bravo it was Eddie Bravo who said or somebody said to say jujitsu to compare jujitsu to chess is like 
You can't even compare it because mm. jujitsu has so many variables. Like there's it does. So many moves in jujitsu. Whereas yeah. chess, there's. I don't know. There's so many moving parts. There's a reason why an armbar takes forever, because you, there's so many moving parts. If mm -hmm. you don't, if you have one thing off, it doesn't work. Yes. Yeah. It's okay. the details yeah. that really make the execution work. But yeah, um, I heard you competed in Third Strike. Yeah, NorCal? I did. I did. Yeah, um, oh, that was that, NCR, NorCal Regionals or something like that. It was great, dude. Like, um, I made top eight because I fucking I beat like somebody. I think I was rocking the healing and everything too. Yeah, yeah, man. yeah dude, on it works. Streams too. It works. Yeah, and yeah, I got yeah. on the stream. I think I still have a photo somewhere of me like taking a picture of myself on the stream, taking a me taking a picture of myself on the stream. It looks funny as fuck. I'm like this. Taking a picture of myself on the street. It's funny as fuck. But yeah, dude. Um, I got to see fucking, you know, Venom go against Jay Wong. That shit was hilarious. Justin Wong? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, dude. Yeah. And then he, he gave, uh, I think, Justin Wong um, the boot. And then Ooh. he, like, I think he, like, kind of, like, snickered or something. Yeah. You know? That's all funny. So those are good times. Those are good times. That's I remember dope. that That's shit. That's dope, man. You know, I, we would have, like, smoke breaks where we would go, like, in the... Uh, like the garage and then like you know hit a J or whatever and then we would walk around like old sacramento i never even knew they had that like like ever been to old sacramento i don't think so yeah it was cool oh man. it's chill you know, to walk around there yeah it looks like a wild wild west like like city like it's crazy like the it's setup trip. yeah you should check it out man sure man one day man mm -hmm. so um what do you think makes a good third strike player yeah dude it takes to me i don't want to say i can't speak for everyone but you have to really know like your your um, character obviously that's very cliche to say that but you have to know your character so every single move they do so from jab strong fierce um what do you call that what is it um short short forward, forward roundhouse yeah so see if you don't know those moves and the distance between those moves mm -hmm. like and then like the, the the time it takes to like recover like recovery rate from those moves like some moves take a while to come back to normal so you can get hit you can get countered yeah you can get hit by a move like um what because you didn't react fast enough or far enough so if you know your zone and you know your recovery rate and you know every move and you know how fast each move kind of goes i'd say you're you're not going to be the most amazing player but you can definitely know how to use every single normal you know they call it normals like if you know like how how to use all those buttons, you can you're at least one step ahead of your like your opponent, mm -hmm. and then putting it all together that's what the chemistry is really, and then that's just like knowing your character though, because if you don't know how to do that like you're kind of like not focusing on like what makes you like you said a, a better third strike player right because once you figure that out I think. Which is really hard to say that confidently in third strike. Um, you kind of learn every character too. You have to learn every character. I, I remember you were you were telling me like sometimes you would turn on the parry on infinite and then you would learn the parries. It's fucking insane. Just so you can know how a parry would happen in that instance. So if you learn every character and how it goes about it, you again now you have another like um, advantage over your opponent. You have to be better than your opponent, bro. That's what makes a better third strike player. You have to be better at thinking at what they're going to be doing. Because if you can, for me, my Elena, she's, she's all like fucking shenanigans. 
So if I can't make you think about what I'm going to do next, I'm already losing. It's true. She doesn't, she's mid-tier, like, so she's not necessarily that weak. But she can, she can, she doesn't pack a punch, but she has, like, moves that can, like, definitely chip at you, you know? But if you can't set that up, I'm, I'm pretty sure it applies to every, you know, fighting character. If you don't know how to set up your moves, that just kind of, like, puts you on the losing end already. Mm-hmm. So that's what makes you a better, like, third strike player. I just tried to do that. I tried to find my way on doing that. Because, dude, I would go to this motherfucker's house, he would whoop my ass. True Dude, story. I, I speak <laughs> on, on facts. He will whoop my ass. Hey, it's your turn, bro. Hey, no, 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 he will whoop my ass with Yurian for days. Like, <laughs> 10, 15 winning streaks. Dude. And I, I wouldn't give up. I was like, what the hey, fuck? taught him the hard way, man. I mean, you have to. You know, that's how you learn. Yeah, dude. Like, that's why anytime it, we, we have Elena versus Yurian, it's like a standoff. <laughs> like, it's that's definitely it. a standoff. It's, it's like, who's going to get the, you know, the W for this one, you know? Um, he... Man, I can go on for days about this, like, cause he would like use Q on the side. Until this day, I still, I dude, still gotta. Taunts, bro. Dude, you gotta, you gotta prevent him from using those taunts. You're fucking up already. If he, once he gets, they say once he gets the second one, really, you're pretty much like the you third one is like, dude, he has like an extra stop, bro, for yeah. like life. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, dude, it's just the chemistry behind every player is just insane, man. That's why I loved about that game, though. Dope, dope, man. Okay, so you talked a little bit about competing at NCR. Let's transition, no pun intended, let's transition over to jiu-jitsu. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know that you recently just you know, finally got around to it. I've been trying to get you into it for, for a couple years. But, you know, we're finally glad that you're able to get, get to it. Um, yeah, so just talk to us a little bit about what drew you into it. Well, first of all... <clears throat> I mean, I knew it was always there. Like, you always told me about it and stuff. And you I, you would, like, fucking, like, put a gi top on me and then, like, or even just a jacket and just, oh, check this out, bro. Fucking bow and arrow, you know? And I'd be like, damn, okay. Like, I knew it wasn't a joke. This is something that you can definitely use. You just told me one day, hey, bro, I'm about to start teaching. Or I'm about to, like, you know, I might teach one day or something like that. You know, you can come, I can get you a free class, what's up? And then I just pretty much got back to you. I was just like, all right. I was like, yo, uh, how do I sign up? I came through one day and then, bro, like, I, I remember that day like it was yesterday. I pretty much came through, got on the mats. Damn, it was a different experience. I remember um, Gangstar was playing in the background. <laughs> Samir's playlist. Yeah, dude, fucking, it was insane. So I pretty much told myself, from what I experienced that day, this is what you guys do for fun. You guys try to choke each other out, try to break each other's ankles, try to rip each other's arms and shoulders off for fun. While Gangstar is fucking playing in the background. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Dude, sign me the fuck up, dude. I went, I literally, like, before the class even ended, because I think it was a, was it a, was it a two-class night? I don't know. Maybe? I think, yeah, maybe. So... I just remember, like, I, the class wasn't even, or the class was done, but, like, people were just chilling and shit. Some people were rolling. I don't know. Um, I went to, uh, I left Jaw. I just left you guys. And then I literally went to uh, the, to coach, and I was just like, you know, you know, so, hey, how do I sign up? <laughs> like, this is this is insane. And I just I just kept coming back. Hey, shout-outs to, uh, to coach and, yeah. uh, 
and uh, Steven over there too for holding Grinding. it down over at Ten Planet Daily City. Grinding. And Sweet Tea, we got uh, up and coming young young bucks, but yeah, definitely, man. Yeah, don't CCSF. Yeah, for sure too. Shouts out to them too. Uh, so, they got a good program, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, yeah, competing in jujitsu and competing at a high level in video games. Um, what do you think the similarities are, and what do you think the differences, hmm. if I, any, if any, and is, and music, performing live music, are there any? Is there anything? Does it go together? Somewhat, yeah, I'd say somewhat. If I if I never really thought of it in that aspect, but I think definitely before all those three, there's definitely a, a preparation involved. So before you would go on stage, you had to prepare. You had to have something, some sort of game plan, you know. Before you, before you, um, definitely went into a match. I mean, I'm ta- I'm talking about as simple as like going to you know RNC, Rack and Q Center, you know, in, in SF State. Tell them, bro. Tell you know, them. the games, the games that we just go there with the, with the guy mashing the C- the fucking CVS two, you know, like the fucking you know how we would just you know what I'm talking about? Dude, th- those are the good times, you know, like. Even situations like that, when you would hop on the sticks, no matter where you were at, you mm. were trying to compose yourself as a player, but you had to prepare for that, though, right? You were just, you had to build, find a way to definitely defeat your opponent. So if we want to bounce back from each category that you guys wanted to name, the, the opponent, there's no opponent other than yourself, for sure, mm-hmm. when you're performing. Yeah. You know, so I just had to fucking describe it in, a, in words and just a presentation for like you know when I was on stage and then the opponent for you know obviously can be sitting right next to you you're not going to show them like some sort of like you just have to have composure at all times you, you need to be focused to be able to you know lay out that plan to defeat the opponent you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying I went as far as like sometimes like later on in life I wouldn't say that early I know you were always on big on that like in what you read but the art of war Sun Tzu just what he fucking um, that's what, what he said just those lines bro like just how to defeat the uh, the enemy is just crazy mm-hmm. you know simple things like don't be too close you gotta be underground shit like that you know um, and then competing for jujitsu man like I had to have a game plan as well and I, every time I competed I went to a few competitions Every time I competed, I learned something. I learned, oh, damn, I shouldn't have done that. Mm-hmm. I should have done this. Oh, fuck, I wasn't doing this enough. But it, all of that wouldn't have been done if I didn't prepare. You know what I'm saying? And it ties in together somehow when I put it in that perspective because it, it, um, it's like putting that game face on. You know what I'm saying? When you have that game face, you're fucking ready. You're, mm-hmm. You know, once you slap hands, once you grab that microphone, once you... Um, once you fucking get that damn fight stick, once once that shit is like it's feeling good, you do a little drum roll on that. You know what I'm saying? It's locked in. You know what I'm saying? So all that together, it's it's beautiful. It's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. Like obviously, no one, no matter who you are, you don't just go in there like lifeless. No, you don't. You you definitely have some sort of like way to attack it. And uh, no matter what I did, I feel like. Since I loved it, and since I was so into it, I got better. You know, that's what keeps making me do it, whatever it is. 
Hey, props to you, man, because when you, your first competition, you got gold. Yeah. Oh, I did. That was, I did. yeah. Props, props yeah, it's uh, a lot, you know. Jiu-jitsu is a very tough sport. It's not mm-hmm. one of those martial arts that you just go into and they give you out a belt, man. Or they they don't give you out medals either. You gotta yeah. you, you gotta earn it. Yeah, definitely. you earn that yeah. shit, bro. Speaking of the medals, are right there. Yeah, man, yeah. right behind me. But, um, yeah, I mean, before we transition to the rapid fire questions, I got one last question for the jiu-jitsu. Um, what advice would you give? Um, like uh, somebody that's on the fence that hasn't done jujitsu or hasn't done anything physical, what would you, uh, what advice would you give them? Um, you know, if they wanted to start their journey in jujitsu. Honestly, I think I heard this from like you guys as well. But the best thing that I can tell somebody who's on the fence, who's indecisive, doesn't know when to start, scared, whatever you're feeling, mm-hmm. I think if you just just go step on that damn mat. Experience what is going on. Understand what is going on. Yeah. If it's not for you, don't come back. Because I don't think people even get that far. So even if I sell you on how it's like self-defense, sell you on how it's like fun, I stay fit while I do it, I can go a list of things on why is or why do it. Mm-hmm. But that's not the point. The point is, like, I don't think people do that enough. I don't think people do something and then see if it's for them. You get what I mean? Fear the unknown. Yeah, yeah, like, they don't they don't try, and then whether it's a pass or a fail, they just make the decision within themselves. They go, that's not for me. I'm not going to do that. They I don't see it. myself yeah. doing yeah. this, you know. How do you know until you try it? Come exactly. Um, so... It's, it's a beautiful thing. I, I look forward to it. You know what I'm saying? So you'll never know if you'll be that person looking, looking forward to that. I don't know. Like, mm-hmm. But I think you making the decision already for yourself, being on the fence, it just says, I don't want to judge, but it says a lot about yourself on how you handle your decisions. Mm-hmm. Because nowadays, especially with jiu-jitsu, bro, when, when jiu-jitsu enters my life, because I can compare jiu-jitsu as like, a, as like a, well, shit, I mean, fuck. I fucking do jujitsu. Why the fuck wouldn't I do this? You get what I'm saying? I, I, I'm fucking being triangled for days. Why can't I do this task? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm being put in arm bars. Like you know what I'm saying? Like just using that as like a very like worst case scenario or like to exaggerating it a bit. It's not that bad. People are like there's like this fear behind it, and I think that's what kind of takes over the uh, the decision for people. True. True. So that's pretty much what I would tell them. Like just step on. Try to step off. You know what I'm saying? Like, Don't be scared. Don't be scared. Yeah. Like, you know, see if it changes you for real. Because mm-hmm. it does. This shit changes people. Yes. You're nef- definitely not the same man you were before you step on those mats. So. Or a woman. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Or any type of gender. Yeah. Beautiful, man. So uh, let's get into the rapid fire questions. If sure, you don't have any sure. other questions for uh, Bo. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I'm going to hit it off first, and then we're just going to transition back and forth, right? So, first one is Logic or Pro Tools? Mm, Logic. Logic? Okay. Who are you? You know, but before I I, I (laughs) just ended on just Logic, there's there's days where I feel like one day I'll get back on Pro Tools. I just need to have a way more solid setup. 
sure. you know okay. eventually eventually you know get the setup going you know and um, what you got is good man yeah so it's, far it's, it's, it's pretty yeah. nice hanging out good tracks and everything thank you thank you uh pro tools is definitely something that i could i still feel comfortable going into back if i wanted to or nice. if i needed to you know so it's in the works but logic for sure all day mm-hmm. yeah. uh top three producers of all time damn dude uh top, top three producers dj premier is definitely up there hey. jay dilla you Show. gotta have that fucking swing Mm-hmm. The fact that it's just not placed where it's supposed to be is just beautiful, you know. Um, damn. Laying it on the third one is very tough. I'd say Madlib is up there, dude. He does so much. You know what I'm saying? Like the like what he does and what he samples makes you really think like, fuck, dude, you can sample whatever the fuck you want. You can make it mm-hmm. happen. And you can even keep it going for a whole entire beat tape. <laughs> It's crazy what you can build with it sounds. You know what I'm saying? So, seeing those three producers, I'm sure I can name more. There's a lot of honorable mentions, but those three producers, like that, definitely taught me. Like, damn, I can, I can kind of do that, but I don't know if it necessarily sounded like theirs. But you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just that's what made me want to also produce. Like, damn, I like their shit. I want to make, make their beats. That's good. Um, what's your favorite Filipino dish? It could be uh, just regular food or dessert yeah there's like i can't say confidently one of them because i don't eat a lot of the filipino food Mm, i'm pescatarian right so and then for people that don't know what the fuck that is it's people it's just basically all i eat is nothing just vegetables and like pretty much if it's a land animal i don't eat it Mm. okay so like seafood is good sure seafood and vegetables no dessert I mean, I fuck it up on the dessert, bro. You know, Come on, bro. Like I chocolate, mean, that's bro. what I'm chocolate. telling you. I'm, chocolate. Yeah. Okay. Dude, chocolate, you know, like, I love chocolate. I just got I mean, a Filipino dessert. Filipino uh, dessert. I can, I can name a Filipino dish. It's just, I would have to explain, like, why, though. Because I think, I mean, I, nowadays, it's like, a, like, fish comes to mind. You know what I'm saying? Fucking, I love me some grilled pampano. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Like, do, you know what, do you know what pampano is? Yeah, he knows what that is. Okay. Have you ever had that? No. It it's, sounds good though. Oh, that's fucking. That, just, that sounds fancy, bro. Dude, <laughs> I'm like, fucking, whoa, dude, it's so good, bro. I wish we had I need some pompano in my life. Yeah, I wish we had some time after this, dude. I would definitely take you guys to Grill City over there in uh, Ooh. on uh, on Callen. He knows what I'm talking about, Seafood City, mm-hmm. around there. So they sell like some grilled pompano, which they, which they fucking like. So they grill it and they stuff like I think they marinate it and then they stuff like like tomatoes, onions, mm. and like they pepper it up. It's bro, it's fucking hella good. Like tilapia is fire. Don't get me twisted, but and then sal- salmon is like fucking the shit. But that's probably like the first thing that comes to mind, you know. Speaking of fish, sushi or poke, if you were to choose. It's definitely sushi. Poke. Mm. I was before I became pescatarian. I was like, why would I eat raw fish, bro? I'm still even like, like I don't even like sashimi sometimes. Okay, okay. Like, actually, what am I talking about? I don't even see. I don't eat sashimi. You like it? Yeah, you like it cooked? It's cool. No, yeah. I eat it. I eat like spicy tuna. I eat like I like the roll. Oh, that's a classic, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I like rolls. Mm. I don't like just slabs of just like. Oh, I see. I go to my girlfriend's yeah. house and then like her, you know, like they be like, you know, drinking and then like eating slabs of salmon. I can't do that, dude. Like some uh, pulutan. Yeah, yeah, like salmon, yeah, straight yeah. up. They yeah. cut up the salmon. 
they wash it, they cut up the salmon in like cubes, and then they drink and then eat the salmon. I'm just like, I don't know. I've tried it. Like it's it's creamy and shit, but I. Bro, I get down, down, man. I get down. That's what you do, right? I know, I know. Maybe I gotta work my way up there. I don't really drink though. I don't really drink though. Okay. It's cool. It's cool. Unless it's your mate. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite submission? Favorite submission right now, oh, fuck man, it's definitely used to be the electric chair, and it's mm. probably still is. Got some. But I, I can't like as stubborn as I am, I can't land that on everybody. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. I tried, I, I and I still try, and like I said, I'm stubborn. But nowadays, it's just been that Kimura. But the better answer is whatever I can get to. Mm. You know, so the Kimura is definitely taking me to a mindset where I feel like. I have this weapon and people like are literally just going to give me that that arm and not be smart about it it's there it's always there you know what i'm saying but i don't want to be so fixated on that because that can lead to other things i've I've found ways to you know get people's arms and turn them into triangles my fucking you know short limbed leg ass didn't think i can land triangles on people but i can i try and go brian before yeah shots had to write you know you know what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, I didn't think I could do those things. That's why I'm, you know, I'm not um, talking, you know, in the sense where it's not possible. I mean, I really didn't think it was possible. Jiu-jitsu fucking blows your mind. Yeah. It really does. Like, you can do that to people? Are you serious? With my leg? With my mm-hmm. arm? With, oh, it's crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. It's wild. Uh, so, if, hypothetically, if you were to name a 10th planet move, what would you have? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Definitely fucking electric chair. Yeah. Nasty. That's like, when I found out about that, I was like, oh, that's crazy. Because if it wasn't the electric chair that came to mind first, it was the lockdown that came to mind first. Because I, you know, I always felt like I can use my legs as like long arms, basically. Or strong muscular arms to basically hold down someone's like, like one limb, you know? And whether I was locking them down or just like weaving my legs somehow around them so they can't use it it was always the art of getting to that position definitely getting to using it finding that limb finding mm-hmm. that leg you know because um, some people panic in the half and I, I later found out that since I was doing this so much it's like you I remember you telling me Buddha, you were like let them earn half you know don't just give them half you know so that told that basically made me realize fuck my full guard needs a lot work you know you know like i need to i need to develop that and like make sure i'm i'm there comfortably before i just fucking go to half all the time and that was bad habits i, I had to learn in the long run you know what i'm saying cool. so you live and you learn bro but definitely electric chair that shit's nasty definitely okay hell yeah uh give us your favorite cannabis club in the city damn dude it used to be uh Bernal heights that's you know, rest in peace, dude. Bro. Best, that's to BHC, dude. We used to always go there and lounge. They probably had the best lounge spot. You know, like just when you came in, the person that checked you in, you come in. It was not too big, not too small. Maybe just like three sizes of this, of this room. I don't know. Like it was cool. It was legit. But there was other honorable mentions like the green door. Mm-hmm. Remember the, you know, the green door was nice. That was dope. Remember they had that lounge upstairs. Yep. That was cool. Open space. You mm-hmm. can play like chess and shit. Selsky. With the, with the amber glass with the hash bar they had in the back mm-hmm. and he and then he was like oh that because i was asking when i walked into the counter and i didn't know what that i don't know that much about concentrates dude because i don't really like you know selsky the rapper if nobody those that don't know who selsky is he's a rapper from lakeview okay go ahead oh yeah 
I remember that shit like it was yesterday, though, bro. Because I didn't really mess with concentrates back then, mm-hmm. you know? So when I was, like, pointing at those things, and like, it was that guy that was bud-tending or hash-tending in this sense. And then Selsky was in the back, you know, just doing his thing, just being smooth or whatever. And then I was, like, to the dude that's, that's hash-tending, I was like, hey, what's that right there? And then, like, Selsky comes up real quick, and then he pretty much leans over to the glass. Oh, that? That thing ain't look glad. Smooth, too. Hella smooth. Yeah, Hella yeah, smooth. Yeah. From that point on, we literally use that like as like a saying in our vocabulary, though. From this the de- from that, he, he cemented that phrase. Oh, that? Dude, even Venom, he knows. Venom knows. <laughs> like, it's gotten to a point where it's like, it's like part of our vocabulary, you know what I'm saying? That's oh, so. that? That, that, and McLean, you know? And it was hilarious, you know? That's where it came from. Those those good old days like that. There's other honorable mentions. Yeah. The vape, the vapor room. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The one, yeah, that was exactly four twenty. Hate Street, yeah, exactly four twenty. Yeah, there's a few other ones, but Eminence. Eminence. <laughs> Why'd you have to go there, dude? Yeah. The Love Shack. The Love You ever shack, been there? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't think I've been over oh, there. No. Okay, Where was that at? That was like near, uh, like Dolores Guerrero area. Hmm. Yeah, those hills and shit. Okay. Yeah, man, like. It's been a minute. I don't usually go to cannabis clubs anymore because, like, it's they're really so expensive. accessible. You can get anywhere now, and they deliver most mm-hmm. most places, you know. Mm-hmm. So I don't go to cannabis clubs because they have to charge you a lot. Like, right. you have to pay for rent and whatnot. So, but yeah, oh. true. Uh, Indicular sativa. Damn. I need to stop saying damn after every single reaction because that's pretty much how I feel. That's how I feel, bro. Like, how you gonna put Come me on, like this that? This is rapid fire. Yeah, questions. rapid you gotta fire. Think. Yeah, ah, man. We're putting you on the spot. I love the smell of sativa. Mm. So sativa always comes Ooh. to mind. Sativa smells amazing. Favorite strain then? In sativa? Mm-hmm. Why do you do that, dude? Why do you guys do this? It's not fair. It's not fair, bro. Um, OG Kush, bro. Mm. OG Kush. It's hard mm. to find good OG Kush. I mm. haven't seen OG Kush in mm-hmm. a minute. I remember Platinum OG Kush from fucking uh, from Green Door. That was one of the best. I haven't seen it in a very long time. So, OG Kush is up there. Nowadays, I just try everything that I haven't tried last time. That's just my fucking thing right now. So, if it's Indica, I appreciate the full body feeling, though. Mm-hmm. Before bed. You know what I'm saying? Sativa makes you do shit, though. Mm-hmm. It makes you want to go about like your day. Coffee, go, go clean, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, a sativa. Like, you'd, be, you'd, be, you'd be very, like, light. Like about you know about everything, but like your body is like still mobile. But the fucking indica is like a couch lock. You know what I'm saying? So I think that's like indica is good for recovery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For a good workout. You know. Dude, I use CBD mm-hmm. definitely. I, I honestly, I honestly think people should anytime their fucking muscles are in pain. The science works. is out there, man. It works, you know, dude. That shit works. Yeah, people keep still doubting it, but. All right, so give us your. Your favorite third strike matchup to play and your worst third strike matchup. Damn. Uh, my best third strike matchup? What's your favorite? Like, something you like to play. Oh, this is fun. Like, with Yurian, I know some matchups. Like, I like playing against the Shotos. I like playing against the Twins because I can tackle them in the corner three times. And oh, that, okay. That's like two-thirds yeah. of the life. If you, can, if you can time the combo right, two-thirds of the life. I know what you mean. Okay, mm-hmm. so, I mean, the first thing that's come to mind for sure, I'd be lying to you if I didn't say Urian, 
that's always a challenge. Like you don't know, you don't understand how many times like I, I lost this motherfucker. We've had battles, man. Dude, like for days, we would like buy like twenty four packs, Miller Lights, like fucking drink beers, piss in his back, pissed in my backyard, and we dude. just got to it, bro. Like we dude, honestly, we, we were grinded, man. Cool. Like cool. we were just playing it religiously, man. Yeah, like, every single day. We played against. But one thing I want to add, we we played against some pretty high level players, man. Like Chris. Like, yeah. Definitely. Through all the bullshit, like yeah, we met a dude in this. He met a dude in the city, and he had basically a whole arcade set up at the house, and yeah. we, go, we had private yeah. arcade, basically, man. Like we were living it, dude. Mm-hmm. Like actually playing the game for what it really was or yeah. what it really is. Like that's how it's supposed to be played on Blast Cities. He was a developer for MVC. Uh, I think it was no HD Remix. HD Remix, yeah, yeah, yeah HD Remix. So he you ported see his name. Okay. He ported it over, and you can see uh, Chris. Mi- uh, Chris Miller. Shouts out to Chris Miller. Oh, oh yeah, wow. Uh, but yeah. Dude, I remember we would head out to like fucking HP, like Bayshore, mm-hmm. Cuddy area, with in a warehouse playing fucking Blast Cities That's and sick. running serious games. I w- Dude, those were some serious games, bro. Just hitting but, the fucking straight, ripping the bong. Just yeah, ripping the bong. Like, literally just, like, finger, like, you know, like, those little snap, like, snap rips or whatever. But to answer your question, I don't want to get uh, carried away. Honestly, like, anytime Hugo steps up, Hugo is definitely like, oh, shit, this motherfucker's huge. <laughs> I can get, like, a lot of hits on that motherfucker. You know, anytime uh, I see a Shoto, I'll, I'm always like, okay, I know how to go about them. I know how to attack them. I, um, anytime somebody, like, goes into my, uh, into my match, I already have, like, this game plan, basically, because you're, you, that's how Third Strike is, bro. You need to have, like, this, uh, this, um, this, this uh, plan A, plan B. Matchup knowledge, too, yeah. man. Like, definitely got to be dynamic, like, adding on to what you were saying earlier, too, about Third Strike, is that you don't only have to know your character's moves, but you... What makes you even more dangerous is if you know the other person's move, the other character's move. You know how to stop it. Mm-hmm. Yomi. Yomi. Yomi, yeah. That's, that's just what it all comes back to. Uh, but go ahead and hit him. Uh, favorite Super Smash Brothers character? Obviously, Kirby. <laughs> <laughs> We just wanted to hear that. Yeah, that mean, yeah. come on, dude. I literally picked the character a million times on the character select screen and deselect them over and over and over again to get to people. I'm actually telling you guys that as a fact, because that's what, that's what that's why I do it. There was one time, and this has actually happened in true. This is his. This is true facts. Like everyone picked Kirby at Bucking Venom's house, and everyone just yeah, like, the, yeah, we're there, bro. <laughs> that was sick. That was funny. Uh, who have people compared you to? As far as your sound, man, I've heard a few things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've definitely heard Q-Tip. I've definitely heard um, Be Real from uh, that that one group that is like Cypress Hill. Cypress Hill, yeah. You know, shouts out to them. Uh, I've heard Eminem, and um, yes, yeah, an E Forty. You know, it's and that'd be like for real. Okay, I guess. That's, those are the pretty much the artists that people have like told me. I, I don't know. I can't think of anyone right now other than that. Sure, sure. Um, your favorite rapper? Man. It probably has to be like 
Damn, dude, because that's, that's a hard question to ask, dude, because that's how I feel at the moment. It mm-hmm. can change tomorrow, you know Okay. Right now, who, would it, who is it? Um, let's see. Russ is pretty fucking sick. I've been really feeling his, like, his flow and just how he likes to sing and how he likes to rap as well. But Tory Lanez comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Just, I love that, like, that new sound, but it's like he puts it on, like, this, like, this, uh, he sounds like he's rapping out of a PA system. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it's groovy. It makes people dance. That's what's hot right now. Yeah. You know, it's, again, it just depends how I feel, dude. Sure, like, sure. those are the artists that kind of come to mind, like, at this moment, 2020. So, yeah. Best arcade that you've been to or played at? Southtown. Southtown? Ooh. Nothing changes Ooh. that, bro. You can't go back to that anymore. Southtown Arcade. Rest Ooh. in peace, bro. On Stockton. Stockton, right out, right, like, after the underpass, you know? Those days were the, were the shit. Like, we would come in there, and then those were, like, that's basically the arcade that let me know Elena is the one. I started out with Ibuki, because I started playing AE first, and then when Ibuki was there, I was like, okay, well, I'll play Ibuki on third strike. Ibuki's tough, bro. Whoever plays Ibuki, you got a lot of patience, dude, and a lot of, like, just, yeah, I, I don't know. It's hard to do those hard combos, you know what I'm saying? So, definitely, man, that's where I, like, I actually beat someone, and then I was like, dude, okay, I'll use her, fuck it, and then all she does is kicks, even when I press the punch button, she does kicks, so I just, I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna thug it out with her, yeah, that's when I found out mains, like, having a main, sticking to one person, you know, some games are different, some games, like, you need, like, more than one person, but, yeah, Southtown, dude, it's definitely bringing back a lot of memories, we would be hella lit, smoke up top, I think, in the... On that bridge, like a come, tunnel, right? Yeah, something yeah. like that. We go up on that bri- bridge. I think you go through the like. I think just the stairs. I think it feels like a tunnel. Where we we would smoke through the tunnel too, right? I, I think, think so. so. Yeah. And then sometimes we would stand up on the bridge as well, mm-hmm. and then just you know, chief. I think you had a pipe or something. Oh, like, I forget. Yeah. yeah, that's man. Those bring back back <laughs> in the day, man. Damn, those dude. Uh, those, those fucking was it quarters or eighths from from uh, from Bernal? In the little canisters. Oh, and the plastic canisters with the white caps, and they yeah. had like those nice little fancy mm-hmm. stickers with the little like icons that made you like, oh, okay, I got some, I got some weed from like the uh, from the club. It's it's the official, club, right? official, but I like it was that. Cool, man. Um, so favorite record store in the city? The fucking damn dude. Some of those record stores are gone. You know, I remember going to. Sure. I don't know if they still around anymore, but there's this place on Brett and Green, I think. It's like in, like, the like in North Beach. They have this thing called One Hundred One Music, and there's like two of them. There's mm-hmm. like one filled with like records that like they pretty much like patched up and it looks good. Like they put them in nice sleeves and they sell them for like at least like ten bucks, five bucks maybe, and up. You know, some records are more expensive. So those, those are nice because you can look through the nice ones. And then I think, like, uh, like diagonally from them, they have a basement with, like, dude, fucking thousands and thousands of records. Like, you'll just be flipping through days. And it's dirty, but, I mean, shit, that's, like, really digging. And that's why, dude, it's sick. When you come in, like, you you see all these different amps, receivers, whatever it is, like, home entertainment systems that they're trying to, like, sell maybe old record players or whatever, hella shit like that. And then when you go down the steps, it's like a huge basement. 
stacks stacks of records you can yeah. just flip for days and it has like it's not necessarily organized that's why if you don't like that you want to go to the other one because that's like all jazz is perfectly organized in sleeves it's clean it's not that dirty but then the basement you're just digging bro fucking amazing i love that you know what i'm saying because you can get lost there you can spend hours just getting your hands filthy on some fucking magic you might find i got a lot of trash too don't get me wrong i just have a bunch where i just literally all right this is fucking trash too. <laughs> I gave you a chance, so you just fucking whack. You know what I'm saying? So there's a lot of those, but sometimes you find a gem. Yeah, definitely. You really do. So that that's uh, so I guess one on one music, I think, is what it's called. There's other other honorable mentions, but I, I don't want to go on a tangent on those. All right. Um, what was your most memorable live performance? performance? Or your favorite? Just like you know, like yeah, open I mic, thought, wherever. I you know, honestly, there's a few that come to mind. But I'm never gonna forget the time that me and Venom tried to perform Salami Sandwiches. Is was the beat was what was called. The beat was called Salami Sandwiches. He made it. I wrote the song to a, a freestyle beat. It was like a beat that someone made. I think it was Jay Reed the Damager or some shit like that. Shouts out to him. Um, I rapped on it and it was kind of a cool song. But then, I think that was the song that me and I think yeah me and Venom actually did that on that version and then we transferred it to Salami Sandwiches. That was the title of the beat, right? So I remember we performed that because we were trying to get in the rally and Westmore didn't pick us for the rally. It's all uh, good. It's all good. It's all good. We, um, we just, I just, I'm never going to forget just standing in front of like a line of people and then there's other people waiting in line to perform as well and kind of just audition. But me and Venom really did that shit, dude. Perform in front of people and uh, tried to land the spot, but we didn't. But that was something in the books. You know, that shit come definitely, one of the first, one of the first things that come to mind. I'm never going to forget. Uh, if you were to perform, um, open up for a rap legend, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, man. I would love to, like... <sighs> Shit. The first person that came to mind, instead of me overthinking this whole thing, I would love to just open up for... I mean, obviously, any one of us, but to open up for my boy fucking, you know, T. Venom, my brother. Hey. You know what I'm saying? Like, to be able to, like, stir up a whole entire crowd and then get them fucking juiced for somebody who's going to just show them a different light. Mm-hmm. You know? It's, it's, it's just insane. I've never, I don't think I've ever done that. So I think if I was to do that at least once, cross that off the bucket list, I think I'd be pretty satisfied, you know, wherever I go after this. Still, man. Shout out to T Venom. Hell yeah. Shout out for sure. Um, I do have one more question left. Um, you know, before we start wrapping it up. Um, so the question is, what is your worst and your best traits? Oh, okay. Worst and best traits. What makes me who I am? I'm talking about Bo, as the, the the musician. Or you talk about Yeah, um, I think I've always been this person where I was like, I don't believe in like thinking that there's like a worst that exists. You get what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to like create a negativity if I don't want it to be there, you know? So I try to stay on that positive light. I try to be like more of like, what is the best traits that I can produce? So for me to be able to name that, I think. The more I say, I'm going to sound more like I'm full of myself. But it's identifying kind of what makes me who I am. So if I like being, um, 
I just think I love being happy, like, mm-hmm. you know, so I think just having that, I don't know if that's necessarily a trait, that's more of like an emotion or like, I don't know, like an attitude or a reaction, but since I, I just enjoy doing that and then I pass it on to, to people that either are the same way, maybe not, I don't know what people are going through, you know, you don't understand people, you know, so doing that, being always like social, I like talking even to people that don't want to talk to me. I remember I was working at TSA, there's motherfuckers that just, just don't fuck with me, I don't want to talk. I would try to talk to those motherfuckers just to see if I can get a reaction out of them. I would try to make those guys laugh, or girls laugh, just so I can see what would happen, just to get a reaction out of people, to live life really to the fullest, you know what I mean? So just being that sponge all the time, always being open, like that's, those are the things that kind of like makes me brighter, you know? Like I feel like I, I get to blossom the more I learn, the more I experience. So when I keep thinking that way, I can't, it's it's hard for me to just be like, oh, my worst trade is this. I can, I can name you a few things. I mean, I can tell you like, oh, sometimes I procrastinate. Sometimes I, sometimes I, I'm not, I'm too focused on one thing when I should be focused on the other. Like sometimes I neglect, um, Maybe I put off things like I didn't prioritize the laundry, so the laundry starts building up. I haven't been taking, like, you know, my puppy out. Maybe I should take her out. Maybe I should take Bagel out. She'll appreciate it more. Shit like that. I mean, I can go on that negative, like, tangent, but that doesn't do me any good. Mm-hmm. So it's better to just be like, if it's an issue, solve it. So obviously, if you need to do laundry, fucking do laundry. Mm-hmm. If you need to take your puppy out more, just fucking take her out. As opposed to just being like, fuck, man, like, you know, I don't have time. I've tried to change that word, I don't have time, to I didn't make time for it. So just that alone has veered me to that direction of just having better traits, not necessarily best traits. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the mm-hmm. best way for me to answer that. Yeah, that's cool. Um, yeah, I guess we can give him the floor. Yeah, so we're just going to go ahead and give you the floor to go ahead and um, just plug whatever platforms you're on and how people can get a hold of you well I've been trying to keep it like standard across the board I'm on everything bro so I mean my artist name is obviously Ro but the handle that I created across you know everything is Ro Makes Music so if you just look that up on like Instagram no spaces Ro Makes Music Literally just how it sounds. And you'll find me on Instagram, Twitter. Like, I've been doing I've been doing this uh, this TikTok thing now, but I'm not necessarily, like, recording anything. It's just more of, like, it's pretty interesting what, like, you find on there. I've, I've been trying to tell people, like, you know, just download that. Yeah, kind of like how I introduced Jiu-Jitsu, bro. Just download that. And if you don't like it, try to delete it. That's pretty much how I introduce people to Jiu-Jitsu. Like, go on the mat. Yeah, man. If sure. you don't like it, just don't come back. You know? So, but you can find me like that. I'm on all platforms, you know, music streaming services. I'm on your phone, bro. Dude, you can find me on Spotify, Apple Music, like Tidal, Deezer, Napster, MediaNet, shit that you never even heard of. I'm on Instagram Music, like all that shit. So, YouTube. Trying to get into the works of making more music videos, you know? It's definitely finding, like, the, uh, the rhythm of uh, just being comfortable in all those aspects. It's mm-hmm. a lot going on. Yeah. 
So that's pretty much where you can find me. Like I try to stay, I try to promote as much as I can because I know I always had the mindset where I don't promote enough. I gotta keep pushing it out there. It's better to be, if someone is telling you, oh man, I'm, dude, like I keep hearing that song or I'm, I'm like if someone is getting annoyed that they're seeing that song a lot, then that means it's working. I don't think that happens enough. So I just, that's, I'm just always like trying to, you know, presentation, like uh, how I'm going to like spread the word, always be consistent, trying to, mm-hmm. you know, because that like, that's like a good chain reaction that everyone else is going to do as well. You know, so, so other than finding me on the platforms, I've been, you know, creating and developing this, uh, like, you know, this record label with two other guys, you know, shout out to Soar and T-Venom. Because we pretty much run this label called The House. Hashtag The House. Congratulations yeah. on that, by the way. Thank you, thank you, For thank sure. you. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely something that, you know, I've learned a lot about myself. Because when you handle a business, there's so many moving parts. It's like jujitsu, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, you have so many things going on. And if you don't have some form of, like, again, plan and, like, you know, like some sort of order... It's going to be messy. So each one of us has, like, we meet up every week. We try to, like, you know what I'm saying? We try to, like, patch things up, whatever we need to work on. We try, we have, you know, we have things that we can follow. Just run something that is, that is you know, more organized for the people. Because we have other people that are also trying to come up as well. Mm-hmm. We're not just pushing out music just to push out music. We're taking care of, like, our roster like it's a community. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're all brothers because we see each other that way. I'm pretty sure in the future it might change. Like, in terms of, like, getting more people that we might not necessarily know, but we can put them on a label because we can literally say, we have a, a music label, we can distribute your music, and we can put you out there just like your favorite artists. I can literally just be like, bro, I'm on your phone. Really? What? What do you mean? It's about, like, how you just bring that mm-hmm. to people's attention. So... That it's I'm I'm really like passionate about obviously like the music aspect, but the fact that I'm not just helping myself, I'm helping every single person in, like that we work with, and that we all help each other. So that family aspect, not just business, family aspect, kind of like kind of helps, mm-hmm. and like you see each other grow. You know what I mean? So when you see that like when you see somebody like release something, and then the numbers don't lie. We have ways to check, you know, like the statistics. Numbers don't lie. The cities that are being played at don't lie. Someone playing it at that very moment doesn't lie. I mean, if that doesn't make you want to do it more, then I don't know. Like, that, that feels good to me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, when it comes to running this uh, this this label, this, it's kind of like, you know, made me think, like, it's obviously serious, but it's it's like this never-ending, like, roller coaster of like like releases and like um and artists like you know coming up with so much damn talent dude it's crazy what people can produce mm-hmm. you know from nothing like it's literally intangible like music is intangible you cannot touch it it's in your head and somehow you put it on some sort of like recording device however you did it it's god who knows i don't know but it's just a beautiful thing dude like um but I don't want to get sidetracked. 
right? We do, we definitely do have like a couple of artists, like you know, are that are in the works. So right now, there's Blue Venom. Shouts out to Blue Jay and T Venom. They've been working on like this uh, this EP mm-hmm. for a minute. Yeah, yeah. It's been in the works. Artwork by by Roos. That guy, man, just the crazy fact that he can create comic like um, like drawings and then bring them to life just mm-hmm. by like you know I have nothing again. Beautiful, beautiful work. You know what I'm saying? So they just shot a music video, I think. Yeah, yeah, they did. You know, and uh, that's also in the works. You know, recorded by um, they call that uh, by Jen, and then the editing is gonna be uh, by actually you guys, right? Cameo, man, off right, guard, man. man. We made cameo. a we made a cameo, man, yeah. in, the, in the video. So we're we're excited to actually. Um, I'm excited to watch. I haven't wa- I mean, I haven't got to watch it the whole way through, but uh-huh. I've been just watching, seeing him edit, and it's been dope. Just fucking. It's been fun, man. I want to do one with you, a song with. You know, whatever song, bro. Yeah, let's do Future it, man. project. That shit is fun. I, I'm, I'm trying to do more of those because it expresses the uh, visual aspect. Some people just watch videos just mm-hmm. to watch videos. Some people don't necessarily like listening to music. They'll watch the video just to watch it. Mm-hmm. So we got to remember those people out there. You know, you got to tag every demographic. Some, you got to somehow find how people are listening to their media. That's how you spread everything across the, like to, to all these different these platforms are there obviously they know that people know about them that's how you're gonna get it to the ear mm-hmm. so I feel like all of us have a better way of doing it more than obviously each other but it's it's just a beautiful thing dude to be able to see that like just happen as an organization basically and you guys are a part of it too if you really think about it somehow some way nobody would have been the same if we didn't contribute to each other's craft some way or shape or form. Hey, keep, just keep doing the work, man. Yeah, you know, the work speaks for itself. And you guys are hella talented. The whole group is talented at the house. Definitely. And I see y'all doing some big things. I agree. Definitely. Some big things coming up for you guys. But uh, we just want to thank you for coming on to the Avant Garde sure. podcast. For sure. Appreciate uh, you guys for having me. Yeah, sure, right on, bro. Um, so that's wraps, episode three, season one, avant garde. Hey. Wraps. Hey. Peace.